Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We are going to be sharing with you our tips this week on how to become a great hiring manager. So when you lead and manage teams, recruitment is going to be an inevitable part of that. For some of you, you might love it. For some of you, it might feel challenging. So we wanted to share our perspectives and tips for you today. Pam, this is something that comes up for pretty much every manager at some point. As our resident recruitment expert, what are the the challenges or obstacles that you see people have when it comes to being a great hiring manager? I think the biggest challenge is not recruiting that often. So lots of managers will need to recruit at some point during their career, but they might not do it on a regular basis. So then every time they do need to do it, it's trying to remember and start again every time. And that can be quite daunting for lots of people. And I feel like people sometimes don't necessarily know how to handle it to the best because they've not experienced that many recruitment processes themselves. If you're on maybe your third or fourth job, if you're very good at what you do and you've performed well at interview, you might only have been at a handful of interviews yourself from a candidate perspective. So you've not necessarily experienced a great process as a candidate that you can emulate. And equally, you may not have taken that many people through a recruitment process or had anybody guide you through it. So what's your kind of number one tip then for people that are in that situation that have got a vacancy on their team right now and want to make sure that they get the absolute best chance of a brilliant person coming into that role? I think if we go back we could start at the interview and how you can be the best interviewer and get the best out of the candidates but I think if we take a step back and look at the salary and the ad and all of that kind of stuff so being really upfront with what you put on the advert what you actually want the job role to look like and you know how you want the company to come across as well within that ad because that is also gonna help attract the right candidate if you get that ad right you're going to attract the right people and if you're also upfront with the salary and the benefits and anything else that you can put in there that really gives somebody a good overview of what you're expecting and you know what they get in return then I think that is a good place to start to kick that process off in a really positive way. Completely agree with that and this interestingly came up for a client of mine not long ago where they're trying to recruit great talent and have found that challenging. And when we unpicked it, what they recognized was that the ad hadn't been that clear because they weren't that clear. They were kind of wanting to hedge their bets and they were like, well, it could be somebody at this level who's got more development, but maybe would stay longer. Or it could be somebody who's a bit more senior at a higher salary. And so they tried to put an ad out 
attract people from each pool. And actually all that did was meant that they didn't get great candidates that had development still to do, but had loads about them. And they also weren't getting the more experienced candidates who were at the top end. And obviously they weren't including a salary in the ad because the salary would be different depending upon what somebody brought. And I don't know what your experience is of this, Pam, but I know when I've worked with clients before and I've started including a salary where they didn't before, literally it's like turning on a tap. The number of applications and the calibre of applications that you get when you include a salary or salary range is off the charts compared to when you don't include that information. Yeah, and I think what you get when you do include that information is you get people who are able then to tailor their application appropriately because if you're looking at salary levels or salary bandings, it's easier then to say, okay, what level do I need to be demonstrating that I can work at when I'm applying for this role? And then it will make the whole application process easier for the candidate and also it will make the sifting process easier for you as the employer because you are going to have more tailored applications or at least more people that fit into that salary banding and can offer what you need rather than the massive range that you get if you don't put that salary on and you've got a vague job description on the ad and it can be so time consuming and you could be using that time to perfect the interview experience but you spend all that time sifting through if you've not been really clear on the job ad so I think that is definitely something to consider at the very start of the process like what goes on that ad is really going to determine how the process pans out. And I think it's clearly not every hiring manager will have the autonomy or the input into what goes on the ad or whether salaries are advertised. So I think we recognize that you may not have the opportunity to to have complete control. This is about if you do, or this is something that you can influence, then go ahead and do it. And if you can't, then what I would say is, it's important to be as transparent about those things as early in the process as you can. So I've known people that have got the whole way through a process and then offered somebody less than what they're currently on. (laughs) It's like, what a waste of time and energy for everybody concerned. So as a hiring manager, you're getting excited about this person. You're assuming that they know what the salary bracket is And you've been the whole way through that process thinking, yes, this is the person I want on my team. And for the candidate, likewise, they've come through this thinking like, yeah, I want to work with you. I can see myself doing this role. I think I could do a great job of it. (laughs) Then it's like bursting the balloon on both sides because nobody's actually made sure that expectation was matched from the outset. So... What else then? If people have got that kind of transparency and they've got that clarity up front, what next would you say for a hiring manager? I suppose as well, the like the next key thing is remembering that it's a two-way process because so many times, you know, I am constantly flying the flag for interviews being a two-way process. And then a lot of the feedback that comes back from my clients is that it didn't really feel like a two-way process. They were just talking at me. They were asking the questions. I was given the answers and then it was, we're almost finished. Have you got any questions to ask us? And it wasn't in many cases a two-way process. So it's about how can you set that 
you know, that meeting up, that first meeting, or maybe it's a second or third interview, whatever stage you're up to, how can you set that up so it is a two-way process? How can you design the questions to make sure that you're creating that rapport as well with the candidate? And it's not just about, we ask you questions, you answer, we're on to the next thing. You know, what, what can you do to make sure that you're getting the best out of those people as well. I suppose it's commonly known that people go into interviews nervous, but what people don't always realise is that those nerves can cause people to have mind blanks, to forget some of their really good answers and things like that. So how can you make somebody feel really comfortable so that they might still be nervous because interviews are nerve-wracking generally, but how can you put them in a position where you're getting the absolute best out of them? And it does come down to the questions that you ask them and also making sure that you do create that two-way process. It's a real mindset thing, isn't it? I think if you've not been through many interviews yourself and they've, the ones that you've been on the receiving end of have felt like you've got to jump through hoops, then it's easy to replicate that. And the reality is it doesn't get the best out of people, but it also doesn't leave candidates with a great impression because they feel like you say, you get that feedback from your clients and they potentially go away feeling, I actually wouldn't want to work there anyway because they're really old school and they aren't welcome in and culture-wise can make people doubt whether they even want to work there. And one of the tips I would have is to always aim to leave candidates with a positive impression, which I think really builds on that point you're saying of make it a two-way process because yeah. you're much more likely to leave people with a positive impression. And I think when I talk about that, I talk about that throughout the process, not just to interview. So like you you were saying earlier, the process isn't just about interviews. And I think we will cover in a different episode, we'll go into much more depth on the interview element because there is a lot of skill involved in being a great hiring manager at interview. But from a process perspective, things like being speedy with your feedback. When HR or a recruiter, whoever is sifting, hands you a pile of CVs or applications, be quick to give that feedback about who you're inviting, who you want to have a conversation with, and who you're declining their application and take ownership for making sure that you do that. I've known far too many hiring managers. CVs are like a black hole and it's like you're busy. You really need this person on your team to help ease the pressure on you. And yet you're not prioritizing getting that feedback. And what that means is that you can lose good candidates through the process because they go somewhere else where the things were handled better more quickly where it was slicker but also it it just leaves candidates with a really bad impression if they await in a week for any feedback on their application if you then do want to invite them for interview and they are still available it's just put a bit of a question mark or a sour taste before they've even got into the interview part of the process yeah and one of my clients at the moment the closing date for an application that she applied for was three weeks ago and she's waited three weeks and she was going through that process of are the interested are they not do you think that they've declined me and it was almost like maybe no news is good news but like three weeks later you're thinking you could have 
give us some some indication as to whether or not you're going to progress with this and then after all that wait she then got an email to say your interview is going to be on Monday which then today is Thursday when we're recording this and she's got today tomorrow the weekend but who wants to be prepping for an interview on the weekend when you're working a full-time job and now she's under immense pressure to perform in an interview she's been waiting three weeks to find out if she'd secured the interview and now she's got what 48 hours maybe to prepare for it and it's a competency-based interview and a presentation so it's just also thinking around the process on the other side for the candidates the decisions that you make in the process how much pressure is that putting on the candidate I'm not 100% sure that company will get the best out of that candidate because of the pressure she now feels under to perform. So it's just thinking through that process and how the candidate is going to feel. Now, sometimes, yeah, if you get the opportunity to move a patient, you want to just do it. You want to get people in, you want to interview them, you want to get that person in post as soon as possible. But it's also thinking about the opportunity to get the best person by giving them enough time to prepare and thinking what that process feels like for them on the other side. It's almost having empathy for the candidates, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just one of the simplest things that can help people to become better hiring managers is to think about what is that process as a whole going to feel like for candidates. And if you are slow to give feedback or you end up inviting people at really short notice because that's what fits with your diary and your calendar. And then when you do, it's, oh, now we really need to turn it on quickly. Like you say, putting pressure on people to do all of that preparation in such a short space of time and over a weekend, that doesn't feel good. And it's very easily avoided if you step into the shoes and think about that kind of candidate experience from end to end. And what you ideally want as a hiring manager is that from the moment somebody reads the job ad, they see it as their dream job, they apply, you get the best out of them the whole way through. It's very two-way. They understand where they are in the process. If there's a closing date, they know the closing date. If they haven't been successful, that they get a proper response to tell them that they've not been successful. So it's very simple things. And I think for me, one of the kind of crucial tips that encompasses all of that is take ownership. When you have vacancies, don't just leave it to chance or to the HR team and assume that's all being taken care of. Understand what are candidates for that vacancy experiencing so that you can then take full ownership for it and for making sure that it works as well as it can. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because if you do take ownership, you will guarantee or you'll significantly increase your chances at least of getting the right person because once that person does spot that ad, like you're absolutely right, it's, well, that's my dream job and they want to feel that positive experience all the way through and I can't think of a better way to start a new role or to accept an offer and you've gone through that process and you've felt, supported and informed all of the way through you've been able to have those conversations find out about the role you've been able to make an informed decision because you've met the hiring managers 
you've been asked questions, you've been able to build some rapport and then you've been able to make that informed decision that, yeah, this is actually my dream job. Like it was when I read the ad, it's that real positive experience, isn't it? And I think there's nothing better than starting a new role from that perspective. And I think that is also like thinking about the negotiation element of it and being willing to negotiate as an employer I think if you're completely upfront with the salary and what people can expect to be paid and what are the working conditions is it remote is it hybrid is it office-based be really upfront from the start and not just wing it and see what you get through and hope you can negotiate it at the end I think if you can the more upfront you can be the more positive that process is going to be and the less likely somebody will need to negotiate at the end of that process when they get the job offer. But also if they if there is a need to negotiate that you're open to that and almost welcome the opportunity to have that conversation to make sure that person is joining on mutual, mutually beneficial terms. Absolutely. And I think my tip on that score would be to be challenging yourself to be more open and more flexible than might feel comfortable because my experience has been that hiring managers often just assume that this has got to be the same as it was. So if they've got a vacancy where they're replacing somebody on their team, there is an assumption of this has got to be the same, same level, the same terms, the same job, the same kind of person as was previously in this role. And when you have a vacancy, whether it's internal or external, whether it's a replacement, whether it's because a new role has been created, there is a real opportunity to look at how does work get divvied up within the team? Are there things that could move and sit with somebody different? How can you stretch and challenge other members of your team and give development opportunities? And how can you make sure that as a whole, the team fits together. And I think the more that you can challenge yourself, rethink how everything fits together. And I would include within that, think about things like part-time. Could you have somebody who maybe is part-time? Could you think about somebody who is hybrid or remote where previously it's been more office-based? Because what you do then is you maximize the talent pool that's available. My experience with candidates is that people massively value flexibility. They massively value businesses where there is opportunity, where things do get changed and there's not a kind of, we just do things the way we've always done them type attitude. So I think if you can really show that you're challenging yourself to be as open as early on as possible, you just really increase the talent pool that's available to you and often can find better solutions than what you've previously had. Yeah, I think that is amazing advice because once you start looking beyond what you think or what the norm is within the organization, you do open the doors to a lot more candidates and a whole variety of expertise and experiences that ordinarily those people might not have applied for that position because it wasn't open to them. You know, they couldn't see how they fit into it or if they wanted part time or whatever. So I think that's a really good shout on that one and I think from my point of view as well in terms of interviewing candidates and designing the right questions if you can take the time to go through that job description and really think about what you need to see from those people in order to know that they're right for the role that they're that they're going to come in and deliver if you can think that through I've 
sat on loads of interview panels and it's this is the job description and then these are the standards 15 questions that we ask so which questions do we want to ask and then everybody picks their favorite question and then the favorite question is asked and th this is for senior level roles and it's but what do you want to know from these people so rather than like just going with the bog standard questions i mean in some companies they might have questions that you have to ask and you might need to get approval to ask different questions but it's about giving yourself that time to check that out you know find out can i construct my own questions that is going to give me a better idea about what this candidate can bring to our organization or to just get the most out of that answer so thinking through what do we need these people to say in the interview what answers do we want them to give that demonstrate they can deliver what we need to deliver I think that is key as well and that is also giving yourself that that time and space and being as flexible as you can around that because the bog standard questions that you might get from HR that have been used for years and years and these are the questions that we always use might not be the best fit for you to get the best candidate in that interview. Absolutely and not just the questions but I think like you say when you go back to what do we need people to demonstrate it's not just the interview aspect, it's the whole process. So sometimes you can put screening questions with the job ad, for example. So if it's a job that requires a lot of travel and overnight stays, um, that was one where I was working with a firm where that was a common requirement. And it wasn't unusual in their industry. They were in engineering and they needed people to be able to go to sites all around the country. But by asking that question as a screening question up front and demonstrating this is the reason why we're asking this question, is this something that you are prepared to do? Then what that did was ensure that they got applicants who understood that expectation and they had a demonstration of people's commitment to be open to that and willing to do that early on in the process. And I feel like there's screening, there's interview questions, there's also the beloved exercises and presentations during interviews, which as a hiring manager, very often the question that I see asked is, okay, I've got somebody come in for interview for this role. Has anyone got an exercise or a presentation? I, I could ask, what can I ask them to do? Yeah, It's not saying I need someone to demonstrate this. What can I ask them to do? It's saying I've got someone coming in for an interview and I want to set them a task or ask them to do a presentation. So how can people get that bit right? I think that that is, again, a really good point, because that is where you see a lot of interview processes falling down because the candidates are given the most random things to present about. If you wanted to see, is this person confident enough to present to us and provide some information and give their own thoughts and views on something. You could always ask them to just present about something that's important to them or something about themselves rather than setting a task that maybe isn't that relevant or maybe isn't like a true real life scenario that puts more pressure on a candidate, which means then you're not really going to get the best out of them because they might be talking about something that they're not completely sure about. I think to avoid getting into that situation and to get the best out of people, it's to think about what is the objective here. So if we're just given a presentation as a task because we feel like we need to fill some time, then 
do you really need to do that? And it's just asking yourself, like, is this really necessary? So what you need to think about is what is the task going to, what is it going to prove? What is it going to show? What do we need to see from this person or these people? How will we decide we've got the best candidate? And it is just thinking through what is the objective? What do we want to see from them? Do we want to challenge them? Do we want to put them under pressure? Do we want to see how they react? There's loads of different things, loads of different objectives that you might have from doing those exercises. But I would like strongly advise not to just throw in exercises for the sake of doing that and prolonging the interview. I'd make sure that you had a clear focus on what you wanted to see and achieve from doing those and it just makes it so much more meaningful and you will get to see that side of the candidate that you really do need to see and it does come down to that preparation what do we want to get out of these people what do we need to see and once you start going down that road and understanding those things everything else becomes so much easier because then you can pick the right tasks and the presentations and things that will allow you to see that absolutely and i think it's also that element of Being mindful, if you are recruiting external candidates for a role of the context that they do and don't have and how those exercises and processes can feel when you're asking them. So one thing that I see quite a bit is where candidates are being asked to do a huge amount of preparation work and present, for example, their ideas on how to do XYZ. If you're in marketing, it might be asking people to come up with campaign ideas. If you're in operations, it might be about how to solve this problem. And when people don't have the internal context, it can take a huge amount of work for them to try and get to that point. And what that can do then is feel quite from a candidate perspective, it's easy to push people to feel as if you're basically just trying to get loads of ideas for free from different candidates, which going back to that point of leaving them with a positive impression, that really doesn't do. So be mindful of not coming across as if you're trying to get loads of ideas for free. But also, it's the amount of workload, even if you're not trying to get ideas for free, the amount of work that goes into them trying to get the information and be in a position to answer that question is so different when they're external compared to all of that knowledge and context that you already have. So it's being mindful of what you're asking them to prepare as well as what you're asking them to demonstrate. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I think once you uncover what it is you need them to demonstrate, it just makes the process so much easier and you're not just doing tasks for tasks sake and I think that is the key to it and when people talk about hiring top talent if you want to hire top talent then you need to give people the right conditions and the space to show you what talent they bring to the table. Yeah I think that's such a an important point because it's so easy to get stuck into a process and just be following it and lose sight of that, even if you know that up front, that this is the overall objective from any process is to get the best talent into the role. And I feel like sometimes it does, the site gets lost on that point as you go through. So if we were to summarize then, I think realistically from all that we've covered today, there's probably a few real key points that come out. So for me, I think stepping into the candidate's shoes and 
being really clear on what they're perceiving and their view of the process, the entire process end to end is a really crucial part of being a hiring manager. And I think taking ownership and stepping into that empathy for their experience would probably summarize my kind of biggest takeaway for people. What would be yours? Obviously, I'm going to come up with mine from a recruiter perspective on. I, so mine would be to make sure that you understand the role profile or the, the job description and the person specification in detail. So you know that's right. And that when you create that job ad or when, you know, if HR are creating that job ad, that you can feed into that to make sure that you are attracting the right people. So it's about that understanding the, the job description, the person specification, and then making sure that you're really upfront about the working conditions, the salary, and all of that kind of stuff on the ad. I think that is really important, especially when candidates are thinking about tailoring their applications or what level they're pitching it at. It makes it so much easier if they've got that clear information. Absolutely. So hopefully that's been helpful for those of you that are recruiting at the moment. As we've said, we will be doing another episode. So it won't be next week's, but in the next few weeks, we will be doing an episode that specifically really focuses on creating a great interview experience because we know that there's lots of skill that goes into that. For now, thank you for listening. As ever, if there are topics you would like us to cover, then connect with us on LinkedIn. Our profiles are linked in the show notes. Drop us a DM, let us know what you would like us to cover. And in the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next week.